May I see your ID? That was the question that I asked several years ago to a young fellow who was trying to buy uh, cigarettes from the place that I were working uh, at. He said, no, I don't have an ID. I said, you need to have an ID. I can't give you a cigarette. You look young to me. He probably was probably in, on, his, on his 20s. But when you are working with people, you don't want to take a chance. Right? So I asked him, and he said, politely, may I see your ID? He said, no, I don't have an ID. You need to give me my cigarette. I said, yes, I will give you your cigarette, but you have to give me your, my, your ID. And he said, no, I don't have an ID. So he's now uh, becoming really mad, and his body is, uh, language is, 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 is shouting at me, but why his face and his mouth is trying to control himself, or he at least is trying. And then uh, and he's, he kind of threatened me and said, if you don't give me my, cigar, my cigarette or my cigars, I will do something. I said, you whatever you want. But you need to give me your ID. And he became increasingly impatient. So I was too impatient. But, I, but when you are in the customer service side, you have to be nicely impatient. Okay? And I remember one of the principles of that, that, that company was be polite but firm. I reverse it to with this guy, which was be firm while polite. Because he was becoming a very difficult person. At one point, he said to me, who do you think you are? Now, he was already really, really mad. And I said, and I was really, really, really frustrated. So I was trying to say what, who I was, and I couldn't. So in my mind, when he said that to me, I was trying to say something that would be really powerful so that he will take off, so he, so, so he will leave. So in my mind came three thoughts, at least three. Well, more than three, but it was fractions of a second, so I don't know how that, that happened, but it happened. So the first thought, I'm the, I'm the owner's son. The owner's son. I was kind of the owner's son. He treated me like a kid, like a son. Not like a kid, like a son. But I, that was not right. That was not truth. Right? So, so I'm trying to be a Christian, too. So, so I, say, I didn't say that. The second thing was... I'm the manager here. But I wasn't. I was the assistant manager. <laughs> so an assistant manager is not as powerful as manager, right? You know, I'm not assistant manager. No, you say, I'm the manager. <laughs> so two and nothing, check out. And the third one, I don't know what to say. So I say, uh, I'm a human being. <laughs> and he's like, and he grabbed a coin at 25 cents, a quarter, and threw it to me. And the coin, it was like, you're looking at, like you're watching a movie. The thing is coming, and you, boom. <laughs> but he left. But he left. But he left when I told him the truth. I'm a human being. Are you a human being? Are you a human being?
But you know what? Many of you will say, no, I'm an American. And that's true. You are an American. And you can say, I'm a Christian. And that's true. You are a Christian. And you can say, I'm the vice president of something. And that's true. Maybe. That's true. But you are a human being. And if you don't recognize yourself as a human being, you're going to get into a very interesting trouble, which is always demonstrating, demonstrating who you are not. You always are going to have to demonstrate who, are you, who you are not. You are not the pastor of PPC. You are not, right? Right? You are not the associate pastor of PPC. But you are the one who hired those guys. <laughs> so behave, behave, right? But going back to this, I want you to know this. Most of us are in a journey to discover that we are human beings. But most of us have been uh, living like Christians, which is obviously important. It's the most important thing that you can do as a human being, be a, be a Christian. But then some of us want to be that and that, whatever, right? Uh, but the best and most important discovery that you can make in your life, in your lifetime, is to discover that you actually are flesh and bones and that you actually are alive and that you actually are pretty handsome <laughs> and stuff like that. Look at the mirror and you will be surprised how wonderful you are. But you will not be able to do that until you stop and stop being who you are not. You are not a, a manager or an assistant manager. You are not the son honor. You are not uh, whatever. You are a human being. When God created everything, he didn't say, here is the manager, by the way. Or here is the president of the corporation. Or here is the king, or whatever. He said, here is Adam and Eve. And Adam and me and Eve, Adam and Eva, that means just human beings. So he never created a vice president, or a co-pastor, or a pastor, or an associate pastor. He created a human being. Do you agree with that? When you believe that who you are, I mean, when you understand who you are and you believe that you are what you, who you are, then a different story is going to be um, passed around. Some people say, I am a politician. You are not a politician. You do politics. I'm a governor. You are not a governor. You happen to be leading the, the state for the next four years or five years or whatever years. But you are doing politics. You are governing in, on behalf of the people. And, they, and we forget that. You are, more what you, you are more of what you do. You are a human being. Now, you don't have to agree with me. Good, because that makes you a human being. A human being is the one who is sitting over there and thinking, hmm, let me think about what this guy is saying. You're, even not, you're not even saying my pastor or one of the pastors. You're saying the guy is saying. And that's fine because I'm a guy too. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Most people don't know that they are in a journey of discovering 
and finding the greatest gift that they were given, which is to be alive and to be a human being. So I'm, I, I'm thinking about somebody that, was, that is called Moses, right? And Moses is an extraordinary human being that some, some rabbis and some Christian scholars, original name was Joaquin or Joaquin in Espanol. Joaquin or Joaquin, can you say Joaquin, Joaquin, or whatever. That's, that was his name. Oh, that means something very beautiful. Go online next, after an hour, and then you will find out that maybe that was his original name. Joaquin, Joaquin. But he was given a, 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 an Egyptian name, which is Moses. And Moses, as you know, means the, the one who was rescued from the waters. Right? Saved from the waters. That was the princess, the son, I mean the daughter of, the, of, the, of, of Pharaoh, who named him Moses. And she said, because I saved him, rescued him from the waters. That was an Egyptian name. And we everybody believed that it was a Hebrew name. It's not a Hebrew name. It's an Egyptian name. His original name probably was Alfredo, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, Alfredo, by the way, is, is a German name. Alfred is a German name, which means advice. That's why I ask everybody for an advice. <laughs> so, he was given a name that he never used. Or probably did for probably the next, the, the first three to five years. Maybe. His mother was calling him Joaquin. No Moses, Joaquin. But he never got to use that name. He always referred to himself or about himself as a Moses, the one who was rescued, saved from the waters. And so after five years, or three to five years, you know, his mother nursed him, and then he, she had to give it back to uh, the queen of the prince, princess, princess, right? Princesa. Can you say that? Princesa. No, 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 no. Princesa. Yeah, that's better. Princess or princess, right? Um, and then he entered a journey of becoming an Egyptian. So he was taught in all the, 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 the language the language and the languages, and he was taught in the science, and he knew, he learned the, uh, he also, went, he was kind of a Navy guy. He learned all these powerful um, abilities to fight because he had to, he was a prince, he had to be in po possibly the next pharaoh. So for 40 years, he learned, who, he learned he was, that he was supposed to be a Egyptian, a prince, and possi possibly the next pharaoh. So he was in a journey of becoming an Egyptian until he also was wrestling with something else inside, which is basically he was wrestling with his Jewish 
well, back then Hebrew, not Jewish, but Hebrew uh, identity. He, he was tall. He was the son of his parents, right? And a little kid of five years old, three to five years old, will remember some stuff. I remember up to when I was five. Maybe you remember when you were three. Carolina remembers when she was three. And I, I'm like very curious. I want to know what she was doing when I wasn't aware. Right, three to five years. So, and so he was wrestling with that until he decided that he will not be a, an Egyptian anymore. So, according to scripture, he said he uh, quit. He quit it. He didn't want to continue to be an Egyptian. He doesn't want to be a pharaoh. He doesn't want to be a prince. He is going to be a regular Jew, a regular Hebrew. And he did so. And as he was wrestling to enter into that reality, he realized something that you will realize when you are born in the United States and you are, your parents are Latinos, for instance, that you are Latino from outside, and somehow you eat arepas like the Venezuelan eat, right, and stuff like that. But when you go to the country of your parents, wow, you are a gringo. <laughs> you are an American, and you didn't know that. You probably knew it, but you, know, didn't think about, you didn't think about that stuff until you go to a foreign land, like I did. I didn't know that I was this until I went to Colombia, living there for three years. Like, okay, so this is weird. Now, I thought they were like us. They are not like us. And then I came, I came to the United States. It's the same thing, right? And so Moses realized that he was not as Hebrew as he thought he was. He was speaking in, as, uh, he, um, Hebrew like I speak English. Sometimes he didn't even know if the word was shoot or shoot it or whatever, right? And they knew that. They said, this guy is not a regular Hebrew. So they were watching him because he was a powerful guy. Everybody knew him as a powerful guy. Now he's one of us. Hmm, I'm not sure about that, right? And then he decided to do a very, not kind, very kind thing. Two guys were fighting. One was Hebrew and the other one was Egyptian. The Egyptian was killing him, basically, beating him up. And Moses, because he was a Navy guy or Army guy, whatever, and he poof, did whatever he had to do, Bruce Lee maybe, boom, 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 and kill him and bury him, right? You still with me or no? Okay, he buried him. And the guy, the hero, said, thank you, maybe. Tobarrada. Can you say that? Tobarrada. Tobarrada. That's thank you in Hebrew. Tobarrada. Tobarrada. It's pretty easy Hebrew, right? Like Spanish. Tobarrada. Okay, so, I don't know if he said thank you. But he left. The following day, two Hebrews were fighting. And Moses wanted to be kind again to separate them. And they said to him, who are you? Do you think you are our ruler? Do you think you are our judge? Do you think you are our prince? Get out of here. You are not. Do you know what? We're going to tell Pharaoh that you killed an Egyptian. Oh, my. He left. He ran away. And he became a runaway or what they call a, 
How do they call it? They call it runaway, but they also call it, let me use my note here. They call him a, a fugitive. Yeah, exactly. For a little bit. But then he met this wonderful, beautiful woman. When he saw her and, his, and her sisters, he said, I have to do something here because they were shep- shepherds that were bullying those ladies. And he always liked to do the kind thing, the right thing. So he defended them, and he ended up having a, a woman, a wife. He found a wife. Isn't it great? <laughs> and then he became uh, the son-in-law of a very influential priest called Jethro. And for 40 years, he started learning and how to be a Midianite from Midian. A Midianite. Now, he is no anymore an Egyptian. Now, he has to learn how to be a Midianite. Somebody from Midian. Next, close, close by, like Mexico or Canada, whichever way. Right? For 40 years. Now, he's not a Hebrew now. He's not an Egyptian now. Now he has to be a Midianite. He's married to a, a woman for there, from there, and he also has two sons. By the way, one of the sons that he got, his name is Gerson, and that means because I was a foreigner in the land. So he knew he was a foreigner there, okay? He was a foreigner back then. He was a foreigner when he, he be, tried to be a Hebrew, and he's a foreign, foreigner now that he is with the uh, Midianites. 80 years old, has pa- he's already passed two, two um, wonderful times of his life, his 40s and his next 40s. So 40 years with Egyptians, 40 years with the Midianites, and now what? So he's hired, he's the assistant manager of Jethro, taking care of the, of the herds, right, of the, of the flocks, and suddenly one of those got lost and because he's always kind and he's always taking care of the, those who are vulnerable, those who are at risk, even animals. So he went to look for the little sheep, at least those what the rabbi said. They say that. The Bible doesn't say that. So he went, and when he went, he saw what we see, the burning bush, right? Now let's read the passage. Would you like to stand up, do an exercise, and then read with me, please? So, uh, maybe you can, if you can, you don't have to, but if you can, give me the following passage, because I kind of already told them all that. If you can, yes. So, the Lord said, please read with me. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, high tides, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jesubites, and all the eyes. And now the cry of Israelites has reached me, 
and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, yeah, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people of, out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You may be seated. So, so you saw the question. He's an 80 guy. He's already lived in, in two countries and in two, three cultures. The, the Egyptians, the Hebrews, and now the Midianites, right? And now he's asking this question, who am I? 80 years old. And he's asking, who am I? Of course I will ask that question to him, who am I? And if you, are, if you never ask that question, who, are, who, who am I? Then I hope you, you can start asking that question today. Because it's important to know who you are. Well, if you don't know who you are, it's like the Colombian people from South America, not Colombian, but Colombia people. They say, if you know where you're going, you can take any bus. That take you anywhere you go, because you don't know where you're going. So take any bus, an Uber, or whatever you go, you, no problem, because you don't know where you're going. So it is important to know who you are, and it's important to know Oh, it's important to ask that question, who am I? And he asked that question to God, but actually, I would like to suggest that he was asking that question to himself. Maybe for the first time in his life, he verbalized his thoughts, which is, who am I? And if you haven't been able to do so, it's time. It's about time to ask that question, who am I? And God he did, you know, I really like God because he's kind of, he, he, he doesn't say, you are Moses, who else? He doesn't say that. He says, by the way, I cannot hear you, but I will be with you. What is that? He's not answering the question, who am I? Perhaps I'd like to continue to suggest that God understood, the Lord understood that he was asking that question to himself. Who am I? Not to God, but to himself. And God understood, and, he, and the Lord is sensitive enough to allow Moses uh, to wrestle with that question, who am I? Because it would have been pretty easy for, Moses, for God to tell him, you are the son of such and such, you were born this day, and by the way, you were a prince and all that, right? No, he didn't do that. He left him with his questions, with his question. And look at what the Lord says. Will you please bring, bring back the last pass, pass, part of the passage? No, the last one. And this will be the, no, back please. Next one, yeah. But Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, what you about to do? And this. I will be with you. I'd like to also suggest this, this morning that God is, gonna, God is kind of telling him, 
I will be with you as you answer that question. Who are you? Who am I? Are you with me? Who are you then? Thank you. That's a good answer. So far, so good, right? But who am I? He, he, he said, I will be with you as you answer that question. Because sometimes we are like preschoolers. By the way, those, are, those children are really fun, preschoolers. If you don't have energy, they're like a Red Bull. They give you energy. You have to, you have to come up with energy, otherwise you're not going to be able to put up with their energy. If you don't have imagination, they will give you imagination because they come up with these ideas that you need to think, you know, what? Right? So, sometimes we need to be like little kids and start rational, rationalizing everything we do and we are and start asking those important questions, which is, one of them is, who am I? So, <laughs> somebody this morning, out of the blue, for my, my understanding, asked me this question. Have you done the DNA test? And I'm like, why would you ask that question? And, and the person doesn't know, didn't know back, that, back then why I said that. But I have been asked that question almost many, many times, almost five times during this month. And I'm, okay, so are you going to pay for that? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. But uh, the DNA test, to be honest with you, the only reason why I haven't done it is because if I, I am, I was, confession, I was afraid to find out what I thought I was. And uh, if you want to know more, we, later we can make an appointment. You pay for the coffee and we work together that question. No, seriously. So, um, I have been dealing with that for a long time. And I can remember dealing with that question since I was uh, probably seven to eight years old, asking myself that question, who am I? I know some answers. You want to hear some of the answers? You want to hear something else? Some of the answers is that I am the 10th and the last of 10 siblings. The tenth of, and the last of ten siblings. You, you need to understand, I was born when there was, there was no television in colors, in full colors, at least in that part of the world. There was no internet, there was no Uber, and all the things. So my family had to do something else, right? And they made babies. <laughs> and I'm one of them, and I'm so glad I did. Right, because I'm here today. <laughs> so, so going back to this, you know, so, so when you think about it, you, why are you the last or why are, you, are this, what they call, I don't like that, but I'm going to say just for the sake of saying it, the sandwich kid. Because I don't agree with that, because you're a sandwich kid, you got to put some mustard and mayonnaise there, because I'm not going to eat a sandwich, a plain sandwich. You are the second or the fifth, you are not a sandwich. Even though, even though that sounds really good, you are not. You were blessed to be the middle kid. Or we're not, or you're not, we're not. Yes, you were. So, I'm the last, and being the last has an incredible, amazing 
um, amount of advantages. They pay for everything, number one. Number two, they take care of you mightily and many other things. But it also has its challenges. They tell you what to do all the time. Right? And only that, if you're going to dress one way and they don't like it, they change it. And if you want to play more than an hour with the kids out there, they can say, no, half hour. That's it. And you say, why? No, there is no why. Come here. So there is that, right? And Moses had that. Moses was the third child and the last. The oldest, Mary, or Miriam. The second, Aaron. And the third, Moses. And according to the Jewish tradition, he was the most handsome, beautiful kid that ever was born. Remember the Bible says that he was so beautiful that the parents said, oh my cookie, this is a beautiful kid. We need to save this kid. Actually, what the more thoughtful Jewish traditions, Jewish tradition says is that they saw him in a beauty that was different than a physical beauty. Okay? And so, now Moses found himself with that burning bush. 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 Bush, right? Right? You see? So, and now he's asking himself that question, who am I? But the next, the next thing that Moses do or does um, is to wrestle with that and wrestle with God. Because if there is something about God is that God will support you as you wrestle with your identity and as you wrestle with God's identity. And so the following picture, I don't know if you have it there. God told, told him, remove your sandals. These are Moses' sandals. <laughs> so he removed them, right? He removed those things. And God told him something very interesting. Moses, the place that you are touching is holy ground. Now, we always understand that the holy ground is the physical soil, ground. But I'd like to ask you to suggest you to go deeper than that and think about the encounter as the holy ground moment between God and Moses, number one. And number two, I'd like to suggest you to think about the question as holy ground too. Who am I? And the third is I'd like to suggest you think about the commission of going back to Egypt at the holy ground too. In other words, Moses, you will never ever leave holy ground because you will always have to wrestle with your identity until you find your real identity. Number two, you will never ever leave my relationship with me because I will always find you, and I want to, you to be in relationship with me, and you want to be in relationship with me, Moses. And three, your commission is not going to be removed from you ever. You are commissioned to deliver the people of Israel, and you are the one. So holy ground is more than soil. It's an encounter that happened at a physical place, at a, at a location, but it's, not, it's beyond that. And the third... 
So we're almost there, okay? I know it's 1048, so I have probably two more minutes. Right? Or well, at least it's, it's just telling me, and, and I saw a sign that says, please, next, next week. <laughs> that one? Is Moses asking the question, who am I? Who, me? And you know what? God and him had, a, had an argument, basically. And at the end, <laughs> I really like that part. The Bible says that God got, got mad at Moses. You know what I like that? It, not because God is mad only. That's fine. But I like that when God is mad, he does something very beautiful. He said, okay, Moses, you know, I'm becoming impatient with you, basically. And he said, your brother, Aaron, will be waiting for you. And he will be really happy that you're coming back to Egypt. That will be enough for you. So he said that. And you will want and you will expect Moses to say, okay, that's good. At least I will continue to be the assistant manager. And no. You know what Moses says? Moses said, that's a really good idea, God. Why don't you send somebody else? You know why Moses said that? It's, it's, people say it's lack of faith. It's no lack of faith. And at least to my point of view, it's more than lack of faith. It's lack of identity. Identidad, we say in Espanol, identidad, identity. He doesn't know still that he is capable, by the grace of God, to do what he was told to do without no problem. There, 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 there are going to be problems, but the problems outside you are smaller than the problems inside you. And when you have giants that are bigger than you inside, the giants that are outside become even bigger and stronger in your own mind. Make sense? So Moses is still not ready, not because he didn't have faith. He already saw a powerful, a powerful being God, right? He, he was not ready because he didn't know how to behave as Moses. And I think we have a problem like that. We don't know how, sometimes how to behave as Alfredo, Jose, Delgado, Mendoza. That's my full name, by the way. I normally charge people to tell my full name, but I'm not going to do that to you. Okay, so, as a conclusion today, I know you want to hear that. So, last picture. Then God says, Moses, and Moses didn't hear that because Moses was so worried about himself and was so worried about who he was that he couldn't hear who God was. But God told him, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am, set, has sent me to you. By the way, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for, for, um, for I am, for Yosoi, is, the, is, the word, is a word that basically implies something like this. And remember, team, you're, you're in, in, in the uh, seminary now. You might be ready for this, right? I will try my best to say as, as accurate as possible, okay? Is the deal? Okay. So it means something like this. I will be whoever I have to be. 
That's why we say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one, but we also say the Lord is my shield. And we say the Lord is the door. And we say the Lord is uh, justice. And we say so many things about God, and we still don't know God fully because God is still revealing himself because he will be whoever he has to be in order to help us, us, help us be whoever we were meant to be. And I'm not mad, by the way. So I will be whoever I have to be. That's my best paraphrases, my best shot out of the Hebrew, which is very complex, by the way. It's like English. You're learning every time. Okay, so I will be whoever I have to be. Is Pharaoh a tough bully? I will be a bully to Pharaoh. And more than a bully, I will be somebody who will teach Pharaoh to behave like a grown-up. Didn't he do that? He taught him to behave as a grown-up, Pharaoh and Moses and us. So, at the end, Moses, 40 more years, and he still doesn't have, he still doesn't have a land, a country. He married two women that were not Israelized, by the way. The first one, you can forgive him, no problem, because he was in Midian. And the man has a, he needs support, right? So he got this beautiful woman, but she died. She passed away, he went with the Lord, right? I know you don't know that, but let's say yes, yes to that, right? <laughs> and then he has more than 600,000 people, and he chose, he, cho- he chose a person from Africa, no in Israelite. And he was mightily criticized for that. But God came through and said, he's my man. I want him to marry to whoever he wants. But the Israelite, he said, you marry within the Israelites. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but it was like that. So Moses never married an Israelite. He had mixed children, mixed race, right? He never owned the promised land. He never put a foot in the promised land. He spoke Hebrew like I speak English. Now I'm, I'm serious with that. He had an accent. People knew that he was no a regular Hebrew because he was speaking with this accent. He was no a regular Hebrew. Well, glad he wasn't. And still... He was, he's one of the most influential Hebrews that ever lived aside Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's Moses. The question for us today is, then who are you? I hope when you are 80 that you already have the answer to that. But if you are not 80 yet, you still have some time to work on that. And if you are 80 already, and you haven't done that yet, it's, it's about time. The Lord maybe will give you 30 more years, 40 more years, 50 more years, whatever. And use those years to be 
Like Irenaeus, Ireneo, Irenaeus said, the glory of God is a man or a, or a human, a, a woman, a man, a human being fully alive. The glory of God is a man, a human being fully alive. There is no way to be fully alive if you, if you don't start with the first stage, which is, I am a human being. And then, I'm a Christian because I have received two natures, the human nature and the Christ-centered, Christ nature. And the third one is, because I know who I am as a human and because I know who I am as a Christian, then I know what to do with my life. Amen. Let's stand up, please. How many of you are happy this morning? If you're not happy, let me tell you something. We have a lot of coffee out there. Okay, so let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning to recognize that we still don't know who we are fully, but we're still working on it, Father. And I know and we know that you have been watching the whole process since we were in, the, in our mother's wombs. wombs. Father, when you saw us there in, the, in our mother's wombs, you thought you have an incredible human being, somebody who looks like you, because we bear, we carry your image with us and within us. And in Christ, we become, we become even more closer to you because of Christ our Lord and Savior and because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Today, we want to ask you to please help us, help us to be fully alive and to respond to the calling. The calling is to be humans, fully alive, to be Christians, fully alive, and to do what we were called to do as people, as families, as church, as a community, as a country in this world. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people say,